moment of truth, a self-fulfilling prophecy, the moment of truth, unfurling like a smoke ring, reluctant in anticipation, submerged into the river of my fear. I am no Superman wearing a flying cape or a diving angel plunging out from a gaping sky, listening to the chiming of a quaint old clock, telling me it is time. They say a wounded animal jumps highest to exhale its last breath. Some call it tough love, rubbing my back with the coldness of their hands. Children playfully close their eyes and purse their lips, aiming to blow my dandelion parachutes away, bare to my last fabric of civilization, about to turn a new leaf in the dark secrets of life. Whoever said time enjoyed is time not regretted. What was I hoping to find? Digging deeper and deeper into the archaeology of my soul, as if desperate to unearth the ancestral Homo erectus. I flirted, I've loved, I've laughed, endured the ordeal of my deception, and in the end confessing, only to be surprised at my innocence, strengthened in weakness, yet rejoicing the blackest hour is closest to my newest day. You are on the journey. My name is Neville D'Angelo. Our guest is Samuel Mann, former member of the diplomatic service. Sam served in Moscow, Belgium, and with the Inter-American Development Bank. Saying he is a lecturer, an artist, and a poet, merely arm's length the broad depth of his experience. He is in Toronto, Canada. We are at the Poets' Roundtable, Episode 5, entitled The Creator, Learning Along the Way. Last week, we discovered that the poet sees things and hears things quite differently than most of the rest of us and therefore is able to offer new and intriguing views of life and living well. Our guest is about to reveal snapshots of life, love, God, and the universe you probably never have or would never imagine. The Creator, learning along the way. So top off your glasses, fill up your cups, gather around our table, and take note of a sound piece of advice given to us by the CEO of Twitter, Dick Costolo, be in this moment. I know what the end 
Executive by Saul Kurtz, New York. We will be meeting him along the journey. Here to tell us what happens on the journey is our champion, Ari Perez. We are so proud of our Ari. He is this year's winner of the 38th annual Beach to Bay Relay Marathon. The Beach to Bay Relay Marathon, founded in 1976 by Captain John Butterfield, has grown to be the largest relay marathon in the United States, attracting runners from around the globe, including Kenya, England, and Mexico. Running under the Fleet Feet banner, our champion relay squad consisted of Justin Adam, Philip Barr, J.R. Polito, Buster Hansel, Daniel Barlow, and Ari Perez. This is the third consecutive Fleet Feet win, the fourth in five years. We are so proud of him. Ari, tell the people what we do on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thank you, Ari. Yes, those classics and many more are right at this very moment at your fingertips. So just click, collect, and enjoy. Live. Laugh. 
love. So, which of life's tricky questions is on your mind today? Bring it to the table. Mr. Men, welcome to the journey and to the Poets Roundtable. First, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I feel very happy and, and honored to be here. Um, about myself, uh, what I'd like to say, first of all, is that I, um, I, I've spent a lot of my past uh, early, the, early years in, in the Foreign Service. So in that respect, I have... You know, I've been in the diplomatic service for for some time. I, you know, I, I was in uh, Moscow first uh, two times, and then uh, Belgium after that. Um, I spent several years in Brussels. Um, that's with the Guyana Embassy, of course. Um, and we mostly interacted with the European uh, Commission um, when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but after the, the, the foreign service, I. I, I I did a little bit of uh, teaching. I actually spent a couple of years teaching at the University of Guyana. I, I taught uh, diplomacy and uh, negotiations and political economy and uh, even uh, onto international finance. Um, also, I did a little bit of reporting uh, for the local newspaper there, which um, I find it wasn't really my cup of tea. Even though, you know, um, I I like I like writing, but uh, journalistic writing is a different uh, different style altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that, I went into into projects. Um, so I, I became a project manager. I um, I worked in, on several international projects uh, with the European Union, the Inter-American Development Bank, and then CEDA um, itself. Um, and I also worked for a while with CARICOM before I came to um, to Canada, um, which is quite recently. So here I am now in Canada, and my wife and I are now trying to get you know into into the business. Uh, uh, field. Um, she has some ideas about wellness, um, uh, you know, uh, treatment. So mm. we're we're looking at that right now. And I, I'm you know getting more and more as I look at it, drawn into into what she's she's um, working on, um, which is basically about u- the use of energy um, to 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 heal certain illnesses. Mm. Um, Interesting, the other day I was looking at a talk um, given by someone who's talking about evolution, and he was saying that, well, you know, we have stopped evolving um, physically or biologic, biologically, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at, at the moment. Um, the type of evolution that is happening now is it's, it's consciousness evolution. So oh, okay. we're even evolving in our mind now. That is, that is the, the, the current phase of evolution that is going on. Mm-hmm. And consciousness, I, I, I was reading the other day, is... is, is one of the elements that is being used now in holistic treatment for, for illnesses, you know, mm-hmm. the idea that of having a healthy outlook and, you know, how you feel, you know, it, it has an important bearing on, on how you recover. Mm-hmm. I also see that uh, there's a connection there between that kind of thinking and the poetry that I, I am also trying to, to explore. Uh, so 
there is a connection. Um, so that's basically about me. Um, I don't know if I, I've, I've answered your question. Um, the thing about the other aspect that I have not mentioned, though, it's, it's the art part. Um, uh, first and foremost, I, you know, I, 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 I started doing art at a very, very tender age when I was when I was when I was a kid. So I, you know, I had a brother who was very good at it, uh, and we used to compete with each other. Um, Fortunately, he died some years ago, but um, he, was, he was extremely good. He was better than me. Um, I, I left it off. Um, the reason um, why, because, uh, and I'm sure you're aware of that, because um, a lot of people see art as, you know, as not as a, as a, as a profession because of the, the, you know, the prospects that you face as an artist. That, that, you know, most artists are looked at as starving artists. So <laughs> it was not something that, you know, you wanted to get drawn into and, you know, spend a bunch of time on it. So I, I veered from it and I went into, um, you know, the diplomatic service and so forth. But recently when I came to Canada, um, I had left it off um, when I was doing my undergrad. And recently when I came to Canada, um, I met someone who um, was showing me their art and so on. And so I said, well, you know, I can do that, right? Mm. Um, and it sort of triggered me. So all the time, you know, I, I, I was afraid to get back into it. And this person um, just triggered me back, you know, to get, you know, to get me uh, stimulated. And I started back sketching. What I do, do in art mostly, though, is poetry. So I like, I'm interested mostly in people because mm -hmm. I find people more interesting as a subject in art than, than you know, inanimate objects or landscapes and so on. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't want to talk too much about art here because we're talking about poetry. The thing, though, about art is that I found afterwards that there was a very uh, close connection between art and poetry. And so getting into poetry, which is, a, you know, again, it's, it's a recent development of mine. Um, I, I've not been writing poetry um, all that long. I, I wrote prose uh, most of the time, you know, before, mm -hmm. a lot of journals and so on, and, and even a novel, um, which, you know, all of those things I lost, uh, you know, during the course of time. But um, the, the, the switch from art to poetry or, or you know, the, 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 the trans transition was very, was very quick because I find as I draw, right, mm -hmm. um, there was this aesthetic feeling, right, that I said, well, you know, it's not only art alone, right? If I can do this in art, then I can, then I can do, it, do it in poem. Um, mind you, I, I did dabble a bit in poetry when I was much younger, but I found that I, you know, I wasn't really you know, uh, into it that much, um, and so I, 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 I gave it up. But lately I found that, you know, because I suppose because of, now that I have, I have a lot of experience and, you know, I, I have, you know, um, read about a lot of stuff and, and, and I have so much now that I can bring to both art and poetry, um, you know. So in that sense, poetry has become, uh, became very important to me, um, you know, because um, it's a way of expressing um, what, 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 what you know and what you feel and, and, and being able to share with mm. other people, um, you know, things that you know. Um, in, interesting, I was looking at this girl, Sarah, um, Sarah Kay, I don't know if you know her. She's a very brilliant young slam poet. Right, right. And, yes. and I, I, I have a lot of respect for her because yes. she said some things as a youth, right? Yes. Which made a lot of sense that she writes poems, right? Mm -hmm. But she doesn't really, when she writes, writes a poem, it's like her trying to understand what she feels. Mm -hmm. And 
I think I feel very much the same way like that. When I write, I, I, it's like trying to understand what I feel because when, when you get the feeling to write a poem, it's, it's like you know, something that you're trying to, 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 you know, to crystallize in your mind and you're feeling your way. Right? But as you write the poem, you think that it's going to bring it out and you know, you're going to understand it better. Explain okay. to us what caused you to pull away from poetry in the early years. And how long ago did you come back into it? I, I liked writing when I was, you know, when I was young. I, you know, I used to write a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, even when I was in the diplomatic service, I, I had quite a few people, you know, um, made very favorable comments on, on, on the, mem- you know, the, the um, memorandum or memoranda that, that, that I used to be writing. They said, mm-hmm. you know, my language was clear and so forth. Mm-hmm. But up to then, it was just prose. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Somehow I couldn't get the knack of poetry. Um, I made a few attempts, as I said, um, and then I found, well, okay, you know, I wasn't impressed, and, and I, I decided, well, it wasn't my cup of tea. But again, as I said, when I got back into art and, 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 and started sketching and, and started feeling that aesthetic um, feeling again, right? Mm-hmm. I, I realized that, well, you know, probably this is where I have to, you know, I start, you know, I should start with. Um, you know, so it was. It was um, definitely from the artistic angle that I, I, I came back into poetry. Mm-hmm. Before I was looking at it more from from the uh, the, the prosaic, um, you know, um, angle, mm-hmm. not from, from 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 an artist. And my approach, mind you, to, to poetry is is like an artist. I I, use, I I normally approach a poem like an artist. I, I, I approach it with an open mind because when an artist is doing a, a, a painting or a drawing or what, you don't know what to expect. So as you draw, right, mm-hmm. um, things develop, right, and you see the beauty gradually beginning to unfold before you, just like, just like a poem. Um, I'm very, very open about poetry. Um, uh, that's why I said I, 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 I take a very artistic uh, position because um, I tend to see poetry as being very, very flexible, mm-hmm. where there are no boundaries, right. where um, you can use words like an artist uh, would use paint. You can use it how you like. There's no uh, constraints or anything like that. Um, I remember um, I was going to uh, a, po- a poetry um group meeting for, for the first time and there were you know people were criticizing each other's po- um, poems um, uh, but then one guy was st- you know started to criticize another guy's uh, use of grammar use of uh, meaning you know uh, mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. and I, I, I you know I found it very um, you know disconcerting um, <laughs> sort of because I said well you know why are we sitting here I mean they, we're here supposed to be Using words creatively, you know, right, right. giving new meaning meaning to words, not uh, you know trying to be you know stick to definition, uh, you know dictionary, um, you know uh, definition of words or anything like that. Mm-hmm. In poetry, you can make anything, you know, you can make, you, you can make things happen. You can do the impossible. You are the creator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this guy was 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 uh, in his poem. He was uh, using the imagery, in figurative, uh, figuratively, of course. And, mm-hmm. uh, that the window was talking to him, and this other guy was saying, "Well, you can't. That that is not possible, right? The window cannot speak, right? In poetry, a window speaks because you you you, may, you can make it happen, right? That's how it sounds to you. That's how it, you know it appears to you. Um, 
And so that's my approach, right? Uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I like to be very open and flexible. Um, in fact, when I first uh, met uh, Rick uh, and I, I showed him one of my poems, um, it was called Waiting, I had no punctuation in the poem. Mm -hmm. um, and I had been doing it for quite some time. So that was the first thing that they noticed. That, mm -hmm. hey, this, you know, this poem, uh, it, you know, there's no, no punctuation at all, no full stop, no comma, anything, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, but that was the way I saw it at first. Now I'm, I'm using punctuations and so on, because um, you need to have some sort of, you know, um, emphasis, or, you know, and, and give some kind of guidance uh, to people in, in, in how they should read it. But at first, I saw it very open. I, 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 you know, I saw it as um, as something you can read it how you want, right? You mm -hmm. put the emphasis where you want. You can, you know, put the full stop, the comma, or what, right? Mm -hmm. So you can read it in 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 a thousand different ways, right? So well, why, know, why did you give up? That, why did you give up that style? It seems to me that 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 is very yeah. innovative, very creative, and it it allows you to draw in everyone into the poem. Uh, yeah. So why did you give that up? Well, I, I thought, well, you know, um, I, I probably should try some different um, style because poetry, um, I, I, as I read, I started reading other poets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized that there are different things you can do, there are different techniques you can use. Mm -hmm. And rather than sticking to one, you know, specific, one particular style, um, one can try to explore. Uh, you, you've cut out again. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Yes. Is it okay? Yes, you're okay now. So yeah. please yeah. repeat what you said. Yeah, I, I, what I was saying is that um, as you know, as I began reading other poets and especially modern po you know poetry and so on, I, I realized well, okay, that um, I, I probably should should try out different styles too as well, and not not uh, confine myself to being this you know um, uh, openly flexible type of a uh, you know poet. I, you know, I wanted to try um, different angles um, to it. I wanted to explore um, different formats and so on. Um, like, you know, there are some poems where you, the format itself is part of the poem, right? Mm -hmm. Because it 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 tends to gives you an indication or I emphasis it enhances the the emotions and how they are, you know, you know, visibly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you hearing me? Yes, I'm hearing you. Um, yeah, and I actually did one like that. I, I didn't. I haven't posted it out in, in, in the public, but just just to see how it would look, uh, you know, with angles and and you know, uh, perpendicular, um, you know, positions and so on, just to bring out the 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 the, the wave of the emotion and mm -hmm. how it is flowing. Mm -hmm. So I'm into that. I'm 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 very open to try new styles uh, and not just my own. Original uh, approach, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? I, I think one can 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 um, you know fuse different approaches, um, you know, with your own style, um, and, and possibly the mix. You can you know you you can get you can come up with something. Um, something can happen. Or, you know, something something might you know emerge out of that you know whole mixture. Um, what I've been doing though um, now is combining is trying to combine poetry with art. Um, and I've, I've 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 posted some of my my art on on, on YouTube. Um, I'm, what I'm doing is, is digitizing my art, mm -hmm. uh, adding poetry to it. Um, so um, I'm trying to you know 
to, to explore the effects uh, of using both um, types of art uh, to convey what, 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 you know, uh, what is it I want to, to convey. In fact, the other day I did one, I did an, a piece of art um, with a, a woman who was lying on, on the bed, because when I looked at it, um, it's, it's a photograph I, 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 I drew, and it reminded me of, reminded me of Michelangelo's creation. Mm. But um, this was more, um, it was different because it was a woman. Michelangelo's case were two men. Um, but I sort of immediately recognized the, you know, the, 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 the similarity. Mm. And, and once I was drawing the thing and, and, and doing it, I, I, you know, a poem started to emerge in my own, own mind. So I, 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 it's a poem I wrote called, that is called Love Unexpressed. And I, I use the image, the image, image of Afro, Af, Aphrodite, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, lying back and, and, and so on. Um, and then I developed it into, into a love poem um, as, as it went along. But I, I, I inserted the words into the, into the, into the drawing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what I did to the drawing too, because and this is something that I'm exper experimenting right now with portraits because a lot of people do portraits or they do uh, paintings and they're very static. Um, normally you go to a gallery and you, you see a, a painting on a canvas, it, it's hanging on a wall. It's not moving, it's staying there, it's stationary. And you look at it for hours or whatever. Uh, and then you, 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 know, you, you try to understand the painting um, and you know whatever associations it, it, it brings to your brings to your mind. What I'm trying to do though is, I'm not waiting for you to um, form your own Im images or you know study it or what. I am trying to animate it in the sense not not as a, as a you know a sort of a Walt Disney or so animation. Animated in the sense of tones and colors and pos positions, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at the painting. Right mm -hmm. or the portraits, you see different tones, right? Um, and there's music added to it, right, to sharpen the enhancement. So as you watch it, it's like um, I don't know if you saw this film, Silent Green, when these guys were going into you know their last minutes or, or what. And well, there's this thing called euthanasia. You know, you you go before a big screen and you see you know beautiful pictures and so on, right? Mm -hmm. So this is how I, 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 I try to um, transition the, the, the portrait, right, in, in, in different tones and in different positions. Mm. So as you watch it, you become more involved in it um, with, the, with the transition of the colors and, and the music, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, and I, I find it has a very, very, it's, you know, a different effect. Um, so... Instead of, like, like for example, if if I am to stage uh, an exhibition, I wouldn't use canvases or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I would I would use uh, big televised screens, right, mm -hmm. where you can you can you can show the the, the art, right, on a video, mm -hmm. right, with the music. Mm -hmm. yeah? mm -hmm. um, you can listen to the music with earphones or however you want to listen to it. If you want to listen to big speakers or what, right? Mm -hmm. But you can enjoy it much more in that format because now, as as we're going into a technological age, I find that as artists, you know, we need to um, step up with the technology. We need to we need to add technology into it, bring it, uh, you know, into it because there's a lot that technology can do to enhance the, the, the you know traditional art. Mm -hmm. 
um, I find that, that that that's that's because the traditional art is I mean it's beautiful, but I I think one can go farther than that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the end of it. I think we can we can use technology to our advantage as artists to to make it more entertaining, more um, you know dynamic mm-hmm. and, and and interactive with with with, with, the, with the audience. Um, uh, so that's where I'm going with the, with the art, and and I'm adding the poetry to it uh, as well, right? I'm I'm, I'm trying to br- merge everything together um, okay. in one. It will be quite fascinating to see how it turns yeah. out. Oh, the wonder of technology! We will reestablish connection with our poet Samuel Mann, former member of the diplomatic service, lecturer author and artist who has joined us on the journey from Toronto, Canada. Meanwhile, we have with us, guess who, fascinating fellow who has just done one of those remarkable things that energizes our faith in humanity and in the value of true community. We have on the phone, he is in New York, none other than poet and author of musings from outside the universal who has recently been honored with the Robert Louis Stevenson award for outstanding achievement and has enlightened us on two episodes of our round table series like so many of our guests he is so multifaceted he is not only the dean of students and a coach he has not yet chucked in his personal athletic pursuits. Let's find out what he just did. He is another champion. Mr. Couchman, thank you again for jumping on the phone with us. Tell our listeners what you just did. Just recently, a friend of mine uh, came to me and he said, uh, I have this friend who is running the Brooklyn Half Marathon, and uh, he's unable to run the half marathon, and he's uh, trying to find someone who can run in his place. Would you be willing to do that? I said to him, well, why, sure, I'd, I'd be more than happy to do, uh, do the half marathon for your friend. And then he said, okay, great. Um, I'm going to give you his number, and uh, I'm going to give him your number and the two of you can, can connect and uh, you guys can sort of sort things out. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, great. Well, after that conversation with my friend, I'm like, wait a second. I haven't run more than six miles in the last six months. I'm going to go run a half marathon. <laughs> I was kicking myself in the head at that point. I'm like, oh, shit, what did I just do? Anyway. I got in contact with uh, the, the young man. Um, his name uh, is Vince. Mm-hmm. And he got in contact with me, and I told him, yes, I'd be more than happy to run a marathon for him. And uh, he said, okay, let's arrange to meet up. Uh, he was going to go get the uh, bib and uh, other official paraphernalia um, uh, related to the, to the race. And we were going to arrange to meet up at uh, the 72nd Street subway station in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And um, I got this uh, young man at this subway station. And 
Then he told me that the reason he couldn't run the marathon was that his brother, a few days ago, um, had fallen in his house and uh, became uh, completely paralyzed. Mm. And uh, I'm like, oh, shucks. I said, look, you know, it would be an honor to run um, this race. I'd be running it both for you and your brother. Um, his brother's name is uh, Joe. Mm -hmm. So the race uh, was uh, two days away, and here I am, not having run anything more than six miles for the past uh, six months. Uh, and now having to run a 13-mile uh, race, as it were. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to give it my best shot. But all the while, I'm thinking, wow, uh, here is this young man, um, and uh, he's only about 40 years old. I'm talking about the, the young man who fell in his house and, and, and became uh, paralyzed as a result. Mm -hmm. Here he is in the prime of his life, and then, boom, all of a sudden, just like that. And he and his brother are thrust into my life, and I am thrust into their life. <laughs> Um, and then as the as I got closer to the, to the finish point, um, 
I was feeling uh, fatigued, but I, but I had, I, I felt that I had the energy, and at that point, I realized that I was going to do this, and um, kept my poise, kept my calm, and was able to to make the the finish line. And um, by the end of it all, I thought that I was going to be uh, completely uh, broken down, but I was uh, fine. Was able to walk, without feeling a lot of pain or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just about the race, it was, uh, as I had said before, the intersection, intersection of, of, of these three lives, three individuals, um, two, um, these two brothers who I've not uh, met before, mm-hmm. didn't know before, they don't know me, and here our lives are intersecting because of um, one incident, a fall, and uh, paralysis. Mm. Actually, uh, Joe, um, I guess this man is a, is a fighter. Uh, I think a, a, a day or so before the race, he started uh, to experience a sensation in his fingers and could move his fingers. And then uh, subsequently, um, the last report I got was that he was able to walk, uh, use him, uh, a walker, um, to walk about 20 feet. Um, and then uh, began, began to make uh, uh, greater progress and is um, uh, seems to improve. So what started out being uh, sort of deep paralysis mm-hmm. uh, became uh, a reason for, for celebration and hope because now he's experiencing movement and he's able to, to walk um, with some difficulty, of course, and uh, is still in process of, of recovering and uh, seems to be doing so nicely. Mm-hmm. I decided that give the medal to uh, Vince uh, that I was going to return the bit. And so we arranged again to meet uh, in Times Square. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, saw each other and I was able to hand over that uh, medal and the bit. I told him that uh, the medal was for, for Joe. And uh, he said that uh, Joe was uh, certainly going to be delighted to, to receive that medal. And then after I walked away from uh, Vince that morning, uh, I you know, looked up and I said, okay, God, what next? <laughs> you know, I absolutely no clue what this was about. <laughs> but for some reason, you know, I know that it was uh, something good, uh, yeah. something good for me, something yeah. good for Vince, something good for Joe. Um, but who could talk about something good for Joe considering, um, I mean, you know, there's a condition. No one would like to be in a situation like that. Yeah. But my God, uh, you know, he um, he's my hero, you know, for uh, being able to bounce back from, uh, from something like that. And um, I tell you, I was humbled by the, uh, by the, the this whole event. And um, I guess in the end, um, you know, I, I made a friend. Julius uh, and I are in contact. Um, and um, we're going to be getting together uh, sometime soon for, for a couple of years. And... Um, that's the story, you know, well, an interesting way in which lives intersect. Yeah, I love it. Love it. It's very inspirational. Why? Why? Why was? Um, why did your friend tell you about it in the first place? Do you know? Thanks, uh, 
you always come up with these stories that inspire us and these experiences that uh, we all wish that we could share. And so I'm glad that you were willing to share with us. Well, you know, these, these experiences, uh, they occur, um, you know, from day to day um, in our ordinary and everyday uh, activities uh, in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're all there. I mean, wherever you find humans, you're going to find good stories. Yep. I love, I love it, love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure indeed. All right. Be in this moment. Be in this moment. Now be in this moment. Here's the amazing thing about what I've observed when I've witnessed all those things. Not only can you not plan the impact you're going to have, you often won't recognize it even while you're having it. So instead, what I implore you to do is believe that if you make courageous choices and bet on yourself, and put yourself out there that you will have an impact as a result of what you do and you don't need to know now what that will be or how it will happen because nobody ever does. So I like to think of you guys in the metaphor of my early improv days as having been backstage preparing and you are here now and look at everything you've accomplished. It's remarkable. You. You are just all so amazing to me, and I'm so proud of everything you've done. But as you get ready to walk out under the bright lights of the improvisational stage of the rest of your life, I implore you to remember those two lessons I learned years ago. Be bold. Make courageous choices for yourself. Be in the Keebler Elf factory. What are you afraid of? And secondly, Don't always worry about what your next line is supposed to be, what you're supposed to do next. There's no script. Live your life. Be in this moment. Be in this moment. Now be in this moment. That was CEO of Twitter, Mr. Richard Costolo, from his commencement speech. We have re-established connection. I have Samuel Mann in Toronto, Canada, ready to rejoin our conversation. He will share excerpts from his poem, Conversations with God. After giving us his take on the impact of technology on our communal consciousness and on the work of the poet, he will share his very unique take on the Creator God as seen from the view of this artist, the creator God being, in his view, the supreme artist. Depending on the platform you are enjoying this Poets Strong Table series, you'll find this and other recited or referenced poems by clicking on the provided link or by going to riosports.com slash poetry dot php. That is... R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com slash poetry 
www.ashtakabhyan.php You can take any of our shows with you on your journey. Just download the podcasts free, enjoy them on iTunes, or share them on your social network. Mr. Mann, welcome back. Kindly read from your poem, Conversations with God. As we evolve the larger head into aliens of our planet, and are surreptitiously displaced from the temples of our flesh, to reside in the collective consciousness of corporate satellites, we are more inspired than ever to replace our traditional values of ethics and morality with the draconian laws of a global order. Some of us are born to be icons, posted on billboards and every kind of war. Others who haven't completed the mission must return again. Tell me, is it true? And just how many times do I have to show my ugly face again? Some people complain they're too tired having to conceal themselves every day behind a thick wall of colors. What's in it for me, they ask, I ask, gazing into the mirror of no reflection. A vampire who has already celebrated his millennium birthday and now has forgotten his image. The poet Milton stumbled into paradise when he unplugged the vision of his eyes. Dante was lucky enough to vacation in hell and came back to tell his story. An eccentric Beethoven composed some of his greatest symphonies without the gift of sound. Artists like Jackson Pollock define their reality and the realities of dreamers like ourselves through the action of colors masqueraded in the festivity of a Brazilian carnival. Some people bask in the comfort of solitude and rub their lives away to the curiosity or the devotion of a selfless soul with endless walks in the evening. Others continually search for ways to distance themselves from the past and the present, hoping that someday they will wake up in the middle of the night, shake their heads smiling and laughing to themselves, the tears of joy rolling out of their eyes, say how it was just a bad dream after all. Regarding technology, uh, the point I was making in terms of us evolving as, as aliens into our, our own planet is it's based on the, the image that we uh, often see uh, of, of aliens. Um, you know, artists uh, tend to depict them as, as people with large heads. And um, I find it very, um, very in, in, intriguing. What I find with, with the technology has been, been doing to us. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good, good things about technology which one can argue. About. Um, what technology has done to us um, as well is, is, is that it's, it's about, it's about a, 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 a double-edged sword. Um, and, and so uh, let's not talk about the good side because I, I think they're more familiar with that. I, I think um, I, it, it, is, it is bringing, uh, bringing about uh, a lot of anxiety, um, especially in the in, in the um, 
talking about the information and communication. Like, like before we have the internet, we have social media. Uh, a lot of people are, are being uh, becoming addicted to to to, uh, to the uh, technology that is that is rapidly unfolding in in the, in the, in the uh, field of communication. And why people are becoming uh, more anxious and um, because they are addicted to, to um, the communication side of technology. Um, and there may be reasons for that, I, I find, because uh, uh, it's like an escape, the, the internet and, and social media. So it's an escape from reality, um, I, I find. Um, and people are distancing themselves from, from, from one another because of this this uh, new way of communicating virtual uh, mechanism. What we are seeing is that people are losing their empathy uh, for one another uh, because you have this alternative of, of, of social media, the internet, to to uh, connect to. The other thing about it is that what what it has done to it, it has provided more. Um, Opportunity in the hands of, of the media to to um, to massage and manipulate people's minds um, into thinking um, in a certain way, um, and this, this, you know, we see this happening a lot in, in terms of. But, but the, the loss of empathy is, is very important, I think, um, and how it's connected with the, the way technology, especially in in, in digital communication, is 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 unfolding. Those are are areas where poets. Um, Often tend to dwell a lot because um, poets uh, tend to, to to go deeper into the human uh, psyche or emotion and things like that. Can I pose a question yeah. here, if you allow me? Um, yeah. What if I were to suggest that uh, technology is actually a neutral agent? It opens itself up to both those who can use it for bad as well as use it for good. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's not technology that is the bad thing, but the fact that now it's available to everyone, we have the bad voice as well as the good voice. Would you then not say that as a poet, then it actually gives more opportunity for a poet rather than less? Well, as you said, and as I also made the point earlier, that there are good sides and bad sides. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying that technology um, has, you know, doesn't, have, you know, doesn't uh, hasn't hasn't done a lot to to um, to improve um, the uh, communication uh, communication between people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, the, the the bad the bad side of it too is that it is drawing it is it is. While we're communicating, um, we're not communicating directly um, uh, as a result of, of, you know, like for example, the internet or, or, or social media. Mm -hmm. People tend to be, and even with cell phones, right? Mm -hmm. um, people are, you know, they're sort of the, the traditional uh, ways of communicating is, is becoming um, rarer um, as a result of, of, of um, these technological gadgets that are now being, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and those things are, you know, are addictions in, in, in the sense that people become addicted to that. Uh, 
Um, and then also a move of escape after a lot of people, because uh, a lot of people um, find um, you know, uh, the virtual world the meaning of escape, because that's what technology, uh, communication uh, technology is doing. It's creating, uh, it, it is making the virtual world much bigger and, and, and perhaps even, even more real in the real world. So we're losing that, that, that sense of reality you know, in the process. Right, yeah. uh, if you don't mind, I'll I, 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 I move on to the, the, the clearest part that you said. Yes. Yes. Uh, you who are so incredibly awesome and magnificently endowed with a universe of talent, the alpha omega of an infinite love triangle, impressing us with the perfection of your art and the poetry of your soul. Yet calling in every attempt to court the human race, who is already sworn by secrecy and in its heart to become the devil's bride and faithful servant, till death with them part. For Christ's sake, man, do you not know when for death is? Are you so vain that you cannot see it? That he, this young debonair angel of darkness, your once beloved lieutenant of heaven, Stealing from you the only thing you ever care so preciously about in your entire portfolio of miracles. Ignored like a jilted lover, except when you are truly alone and there is no one else but you. To hear the supplications from our heart with just a mere glance of his eye, we brighten up the night sky with our smile, ready to engage him on any subject of his choice, while you talk and turn sleeplessly on your sofa, getting pissed with milk and honey, envious and enraged, threatening to withdraw. To be honest with you, we do not have the same feelings as you do. We're just polite and tolerant towards your pathetic and evil. There is enough trouble in this world to keep a peace, much less to add the burden of your obsessive disorder. Anybody fool will know that, but only you are too naive and couldn't tell the color of his reader. Oh, why should he listen to you at all? Shut up and do your job. Don't you have other planets to create? Now, in, in this part of the film, what I'm really uh, trying to say is, is that I imagine God as an artist, um, unlike uh, what some uh, a lot of yeah, people with scientific might 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 uh, think. Um, why I say one an artist is because I I I I find that the universe has, has you know has to be created by someone, just like an artist uh, creates a painting or whatever or what. Um, and that things uh, don't happen by just by accident. Um, you know, it's it, it's hard to to, to comprehend. The complexity of the of, of, of the universe, um, of beauty, um, of harmony, um, in, in, in nature, but, but all of this uh, just happened by accident. Hmm. And so I I am a firm believer that that, that um, it has to have to be created by someone, and that someone is God. Hmm. Um, so, but in, in in this part of the poem, what I'm uh, I, I I try to humanize God as a creator in the sense that, well, okay, he is uh, in a similar situation like a lot of people um, where 
you have a triangular affair going on, uh, and you have this whole question of, of, of love and uh, or crush. Uh, there are the two things there, um, where the God is trying to win the human race, he's trying to call the human race, and trying to make the human race uh, fall in love with him. But the human race is not interested, mankind is not, in other words, interested in, 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 in him as, as, as a lover. Um, they're more interested in the devil, in fact. And, and that interest is somewhat similar to uh, the crush that a person normally has to another person. Um, uh, and that's something that I, I, I probably would want to go into a bit more uh, later. But for um again, um, looking at God the Creator, uh, it presupposes it's, it's, it's that, that he is not perfect, um, because if you look at an artist and how an artist creates or creates, right, um, it, you know, perfection doesn't come just like that. It, it, it's part of an evolutionary process as well, because you make mistakes as you go along, and you learn from those mistakes. Um, and, and, and also, um, if God is perfect, then you would be the most uh, boring person in the world. Um, because if you're perfect, then there's nothing to worry about, nothing to, you know, nothing to make you excited, nothing to, you know, to interest you or anything like that. So he has, while he is the creator, he's also not entirely perfect, as, as, as some of us would like to believe. And this is where I take a, you know, a, a different uh, position from, from religion as an institution, where God is being, you know, idolized as, you know, as, as the you know, perfect um, person with, with um, you know, unimaginable powers and so on. Um, I tend to see it more uh, in, a, in, in a human context where um, he, he's, also, um, he's also learning um, and, and that his creation in, 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 in the form of, of, of mankind is, can be compared to like, like you know, like computers uh, and, 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 and technology again, where we see in the beginning, you know, the, you had the, 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 the old-fashioned type of computers. Now it's, it's been um, becoming more and more sophisticated. Well, do, do you see? Do you see in that if you see in God um, yeah. uh, an imperfect uh, being that is learning as he is going? Ahead, do you see some time where everything will be out of his control and that he will lose control? Do you, is that what you envision? And and if so, tell us about that. Well, that's a, that's a challenge in the sense that um, it's not a, a, a very um, well. It's, it's like a worst case scenario. You know, if things get do get out of control, mm-hmm. but I would see it more in terms of a, of, of a work of art. Um, is that as you know, as you as you develop it, um, it becomes more and more beautiful, more and more you know, uh, it becomes uh, it becomes better rather than you know out of control um, because you you try to you try to you try to control it in the sense that you try to make it better, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that um, if it's going, if you see that it's getting out of control, then you know that well you know it's going in the wrong direction. Um, and this is where, you know, apart from being a creator, he's also a facilitator. That when an artists are just like that. So we, you know, as artists, um, we tend to facilitate um, what we're creating. 
mm-hmm. with the politics. Sometimes we, we, we are not in control of, of, of our own creation. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, we just allow a poem, for example, to, to take its form, right? But we, we, we facilitate it along the way and try to shape it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the poem, it is when the poem has a life itself of its own. If I gather it right, what you're saying, just like an artist, an artist has a piece of work that that artist is producing, and it's not necessarily that the artist has a perfect picture of how he wants it to turn out. It's a piece of work that he's working and working and working and working until it comes to this point where he says, ah, this is it. Is that, am I interpreting you right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in technology, um, the same thing too, because we, you know, you invent something, but you, you don't see the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just the beginning, uh, or, you know. And, and then others come along and they add to it and, and keep, you know, keep uh, evolving. It may take, take off in a different direction, um, you know, mm-hmm. along the way. Well, uh, as I said, I find it fascinating, just not to make light of it. I yeah. trust that it would never go out of control. <laughs> <laughs> mind that would look at things from a very uh, structured and, and you know, logical standpoint. Mm-hmm. An artist would tend to look at things more from, from a spatial and uh, you know, creative viewpoint. Uh, you, you, you told us um, you had a favorite poem. Uh, yeah. you, could you share that with us? Oh, yeah. It's called Application for Love. Each morning I awake to the dawn of your smile, and your eyes shining down upon me, like the brightest sun on a perfect day. Breathlessly I anticipate the words sparkling from the fountain of your thought, praying that one day I will be dancing in your brain. Discovering yet again I am not the envious choice of your incomparable affection, forces me to receive deeper into the coldness of my arctic despair. Struggling fiercely to suppress the cancerous bitterness gnawing away at my wounded heart, I vainly aspire to reverse the ill fortunes of an unwanted destiny. Desperate at last, and vowing to salvage the remnants of my eroding love, I nervously unsheathe the weariness of the fire and unstop the iron armor of my shine. No, I am not an illustrious knight, or fabled Prince Charming wearing the mask of a celebrated actor, or the quintessential Mr. Wright with his happily ever after film. I am but a spotless character, hiding behind the impervious walls of my hypnotic school. A full impression of Cyrano de Bergerac, telling my idyllic version of beauty and tragedy, like an artist in search of a subject, a writer in need of a story. I improvise every dialogue, every laughter, every applause from my audience. If you take away reality from love, there is a new romance, a candle burning at both ends. I am the color and epilogue of love, severed by sincerity. This to you is my application to love. Deny me because I am unqualified, or crumple and cast me into the unrecorded pages of your history. But by all means, interview me if you dare. Really, I'm thankful that you were willing to connect with us twice, and um, thank you so much for 
joining us. Thank you. Again, it's been a pleasure. But as you get ready to walk out under the bright lights of the improvisational stage of the rest of your life, I implore you to remember those two lessons I learned years ago. Be bold. Make courageous choices for yourself. Be in the Keebler Elf factory. What are you afraid of? And secondly, don't always worry about what your next line is supposed to be, what you're supposed to do next. There's no script. Live your life. Be in this moment. Be in this moment. Now be in this moment. See you all next week.